0: Welcome to the Year of the Movie podcast, the podcast where we talk about movies from the year of the movie 2023. I'm Sebastian. I'm Maggie. This is our podcast. Yep. Quickly want to say that at this point our audio should be back to an acceptable audio for a podcast. (laughs) Um, We are learning how to do all of this new tech basically mm-hmm. as we go. Yeah. So, I apologize. Thanks for sticking through it. Hopefully, it's good now. And you and you're you're coming in with good audio for a really good episode, I think, cuz we're talking yeah. about a really fun movie. Yeah. They cloned Tyrone. They did. Why?
1: We'll get into it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Why why did we start this podcast?
0: Why did we start this podcast? Yeah. We're bored. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't—I don't know if you knew this. Mm-hmm. 2023 was a weird year for the movie industry. Really? It was. Huh. And uh, I think we just had the foresight to know mm-hmm. that it was going to be such a weird year, because uh, it seems like actual good movies. Did come out. They but did. also a lot of goofy movies came out, mm-hmm. like 65 and Strays and Cocaine Bear. Those are our big three that we always mention. Yeah. Which at this point, we've talked about.
1: <laughs> we did.
0: So now we're getting into some not as goofy movies.
1: Oh, there's still plenty to yeah, talk yeah, about. We're just
0: kind of on a little stream here of Yeah. more real. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when... I yeah, it's hard to define a goofy movie for like with specific 2023 energy besides just you know it when you see it. Yeah. Um I think this movie is a it's a 2023 movie in a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh and and we'll talk about it. Um before that, if you like the podcast and you want to support it. <laughs>
0: If you want to make sure our audio
1: stays crisp, stays crisp, <laughs> you could consider supporting us on Patreon, uh, reviewing and rating wherever you get your podcasts, and or following on Instagram. All those things are very helpful.
0: They are very helpful. Yeah, that's true.
1: Hmm. Anyway, uh, Clone Tyrone is about a series of eerie events thrusts an unlikely trio onto the trail of a nefarious government conspiracy.
0: What a vague synopsis!
1: Love a synopsis that includes the word nefarious.
0: <laughs> that could just be anybody. Yeah. You know what? You know what? What? That could be parts of Star Wars.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Why did they do such a vague synopsis? Like that's the official. I mean that if you IMDb. Google,
1: if you Google, that's what shows up. I Weird. do have the IMDb open. Brag. Yeah. Uh, IMDB says, a series of eerie events thrust an unlikely trio onto the trail of a nefarious government conspiracy in this pulpy mystery caper. A caper? Love a synopsis that says the word caper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were your first impressions when you heard about this movie?
0: Um, I mean, really, when I first heard about this movie, I just saw a movie called They Cloned Tyrone starring mm-hmm. John Boyega. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Sure, that sounds interesting. Yeah. I like sci-fi, and I assume it was going to be sci-fi if someone got cloned.
1: And it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: What about you? Uh,
1: Yeah, I, I don't remember when I heard about this movie or in what context. Um, I think it was just like we were compiling the list of movies to see. Mm-hmm. So then I saw that title, and I was like, all right, interesting. Yeah. And then I saw the trailer, and I was like, all right interesting <laughs> uh yeah so i was definitely looking forward to covering it yeah um should we talk about the trailer now
0: we should talk about the trailer but tell me tell me i'll tell you why do we talk about the trailer
1: we talk about the trailer um because we can't legally show it it's interesting to uh we also can't physically show it to the audio viewers ooh, or emotionally or spiritually biblically um so we we talk about the trailer for all of those reasons um it's interesting to see how a movie markets markets itself when it has its initial release see if that image holds up over time um sometimes a movie's portrayal or like initial trailer cut sets up a wildly different premise than what the movie is actually about so when that happens we'll do a deeper dive uh i think we're gonna stick with the not quite full recap of the trailer and just kind of do the vibe assessment thing right now yeah um also if you haven't seen this movie yet it sounds interesting would encourage you to watch it and then listen to this episode
0: yeah Mm -hmm. this is definitely one that i'm like you should watch this one before listening to everything we have to say,
1: in general, that's probably a good idea. If you just listen to, because like we don't always go through like the beat for beat what happens to a movie. If you're just listening to someone talk about a movie you haven't seen out of context, that's yeah. got to be fun for everyone. <laughs> uh, so, the trailer has a bunch of character intros highlighting the lead trio. It has various little scenes of them, and then it has text over that that says, "A hustler, a pimp, a pro walk into a conspiracy." They find a secret facility underneath their rundown neighborhood. One of the characters finds his own dead body in that facility. The trailer explains somebody is conducting experiments on us. They show an entire restaurant laughing while eating fried chicken. A character says it is in the chicken. They discover it is also in hair products and grape drink. There are lots of quick cuts, but the overall setup is the stereotypes of this neighborhood are going to be the ones to protect it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, It also has... The, the trailer has uh somebody's watching me uh combined with retro sci-fi music sets the vibe really well that was one of the reasons I was interested in it um it I don't also think I
0: ever watched the trailer oh really watching the movie
1: oh it's a good trailer I'm
0: sure it is <laughs> yeah but I am kind of glad I just watched the movie mm-hmm just like not knowing any of it yeah I like yeah
1: Hmm. um it also has seventy style font for the graphics. It's a pretty clear homage to black exploitation films of the seventies, but modernized with a lot of gender bending stuff. Or was, not uh, like, genre bending stuff, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to saying the one more than the yeah. other <laughs>
0: I think it was a really good modern homage yeah. to the black exploitation.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Um
0: like more than just me thinking the film is good, but just mm-hmm. like it being an homage, like it was done well
1: it also has um some i have a uh section later on when we get into production facts about the easter eggs that are in this movie um there are several and they're very good and there's one that i found yesterday that i almost turned around in my desk to be like you have to hear about this immediately but then i remembered we recording this today um there's a couple of those easter eggs that are specific references to um uh, specific movies gotcha. so <clears throat> we'll get into that in a bit um, the cast.
0: It, it had it's, one. It's a good one. It's a pretty good one.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. Um, so we've got John Boyega as Fontaine, uh, Teyana Paris as Yo-Yo, Jamie Foxx as Slick Charles, David Allen Greer as the preacher. I did not realize that was him <laughs> in the movie. Um, Who? you, you know him. I'll show you a picture in a second. Okay. Um, Jay Alphonse Nicholson as Isaac, Eric Robinson Jr. as Big Moss, Kiefer Sutherland as Nixon. <laughs> yeah um which
0: he did he he was in he was in a nixon movie wasn't he
1: Kiefer Sutherland was in a nixon movie i
0: thought he was maybe not
1: david allen greer
0: i mean i definitely know the name yeah what what do i comedy huh okay yeah i'm sure i'm sure i'd recognize him in yeah certain things
1: um i unfortunately don't know Kiefer sutherland's uh discography that well if he's been in it, the... <laughs> I know, but I prefer saying discography.
0: <laughs> Hit us up in the comments if I'm right. Um Yeah. Can I can I say my little trivia that I found about Jamie Foxx and Tayona Paris? Oh yeah. Uh this is both of their second twenty twenty three released no, their first, sorry, their first. Yes. Their first released film of twenty twenty Tayona Paris's second one was the Marvels, mm-hmm. and Jamie Foxx's second one was the Stray... Or not the Strays, but Strays, mm-hmm. which we just talked about. And I just think it's very yeah. funny that...
1: They had some highs and lows. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Mainly Jamie Foxx had lows. Yeah. I don't feel like Taylor Paris
1: No. Had a low. If you're in a low Marvel movie, you're still in a, a high movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the cast is really good. Yeah. Everyone has strong performances. Uh, I guess, spoiler time, um, Jamie Foxx is the pimp. Mm-hmm. John Boyega is a drug, deal. drug dealer. Tiana Paris is a sex worker who works for Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Um, and I, we don't really know what her real name is. Everyone calls her Yo-Yo. Um, and he. it seems like Slick Charles nicknamed her that because she's always like, I'm leaving, I'm quitting, and then she comes back. Yeah. Uh, and then you kind of get implications as, as to why that happens with the rest of the conspiracy that's going on. David Allen Greer is really only in the one scene as the preacher, but he's got huge hair, and yeah, yeah he's... God,
0: who am I thinking of? There's a famous... like It's like a picture of mm-hmm. a, like, eight, someone from the 1800s who has the giant...
1: Oh, like Frederick Douglass? That's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's very, I feel like, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah. Isaac is a rival drug dealer, and Big Moss is John Boyega's friend, who always has a little portable fan with him. Mm -hmm. And it's very funny that, like, even as things keep escalating, he's still got his little fan with him to keep cool. There's a big
0: sequence of, like, a raid, Mm -hmm. guns and all, and he's still got his little...
1: His little fan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Kiefer Sutherland is also there. <laughs> he, kin-
0: he kind of is just also there. Yeah. There is a scene where they reveal him and it's just, oh, okay. Hi, Kiefer Sutherland.
1: Yeah. Um, The good Easter egg is in his reveal. Um, yeah. So, stuff we liked. All of it? The whole movie. Yeah. yeah. like it yeah uh spoilers for our review later. it's good. <laughs> it's a
0: really solid movie, yeah,
1: so the performances are great, like we said, the soundtrack of the movie is really great um the, we don't usually talk about the poster for movies, but the poster of this movie is really cool. It helps set the vibe. I'm sure there I know there are alternative posters, but the one that I'm thinking of is uh the this one, which we can't really. Oh, yeah. see on the audio podcast. Um,
0: it theoretically is at least in our video thumbnails.
1: Yeah, or on our story. Or on our story. Yeah. Um, and then the the tagline for the movie is just, damn. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we should...
0: Talk about the,
1: pr- the plot. The plot. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: so the, the first few bits of the movie is you're just learning about the neighborhood and it's or, and you're following fontaine as he like goes about his regular day he buys a, a scratch-off ticket it says you lose when he scratches it um he collects money big moss collects money for him and then uh he's like uh or or a little kid tells him that there's another guy like selling drugs where fontaine normally does so then he goes and beats that guy up so then that guy goes to isaac there's a rivalry there um fontaine goes to a motel where yo-yo is packing up her stuff from slick charles and she's leaving so she leaves before fontaine confronts slick charles about getting his money that he's owed he gets the money he goes back to his car uh, and then Isaac is there, and Isaac shoots Fontaine, and Fontaine dies. Yeah. And then he wakes up the next morning. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like it cuts the, to the next scene, Yeah, he, just, he wakes up.
1: Yeah. And then he does the exact same thing again, basically.
0: And then he goes back to to Slick
1: Charles. Slick Charles.
0: And Slick Charles is like, well, I saw you get shot. I, yeah.
1: I watched you get shot six times. And,
0: and that opens the conspiracy of what's going on. Yeah. And, and they...
1: Because Fontaine doesn't really, he doesn't want to believe it. Because like, why would you? Yeah. Um, so then they, they're like, well, we should find Yo Yo because she would have heard the shots. Yeah. So then that's how she gets pulled into the conspiracy. So then the rest of them, the time, it's Fontaine's, like, Charles, Yo Yo, trying to figure out what's going on. Um, it's essentially a giant conspiracy to keep this neighborhood just bad so that no one will want to move there and discover that there is a secret underground facility and
0: they're conducting uh, tests on black
1: people there to yes they it's basically white supremacist scientists mm-hmm. who are trying to make uh they're trying to do like i think he calls it like race integration or something where they they're trying to eugenics their way to like having one race
0: yeah they're scientifically turning black people into to white people yes
1: um <laughs> and there are a couple of of people that you see who are like the next step in their their evolutionary process and it's it's white guys with afros basically yeah. so then so then jamie fox like improvised all of the insults that are in that movie of him just being like what are you <laughs> There's there's a lot of stuff where they're just like I do not understand the vibe of this man like who who are you, (laughs) um. So Kiefer Sutherland works for that organization. Um,
0: his introduction is really good because like our main trio they're getting chased. uh, There's a lot of
1: subliminal messaging and um, there are things like the there's there's a substance in the fried chicken. Uh, there's stuff in hair relaxer. There's stuff in the grape drink, that all gives them like different responses. So then one of the things is there's hip hop played at a club, and then it makes an entire crowd of people chase after them.
0: Yeah, they and... get hypnotized and they're able to be controlled. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like the trio are basically caught. Mm-hmm. and a car pulls up and Kiefer Sutherland comes out and like, they think for a second like he's the big bad uh
1: they're like why yeah are you the guy in charge and he's like no but you'd you'd love my boss or something
0: yeah and he's he's like you can basically think of me as mall security yeah which is really ominous and off-putting because you don't really think of mall security as a threat
1: and it's also weird to hear the place that you live being referred to as a mall there are some wild implications with that yeah um yeah so that happens he basically like there's he reveals Kiefer sutherland reveals that there is like a like a sleeper agent response that they all have where he can just say a phrase and they will freeze they'll freeze they'll do whatever he tells them to do because they're clones it doesn't work on yo-yo
0: she's not
1: one of them she's she is part of this but she's not a clone because they specifically say that she's not valuable enough that the black it seems like all of the black women that are in the neighborhood are cheaper to make somehow so then they just say like you're all replaceable you're all the same but like these guys are more expensive to make
0: also the driver of the car Mm mm-hmm is played by John Boyega. It's another Fontaine. Yeah. yeah. But they but call they, him Chester.
1: Chester. Yeah. yeah. I was like, when I was looking up stuff about the movie, some of the things uh, referred to John Boyega as playing uh, Fontaine slash Chester slash another character we haven't mentioned yet. Yeah. And I was like, are we going to have to do a spoiler alert when we talk about the cast of the movie? <laughs> um, so, yeah. All of this is happening Fontaine and Slick Charles basically decide after that, like they don't want to be involved anymore. Yeah. And then Yo-Yo is like, why? Or like, how, how could you think like that? So she's the one that's still active. Um, she talks about how she always wanted to do something with her life. She always wanted to leave this the, the Glen. That's what it's called.
0: They, they show you that, like she's really smart. And yeah capable. like she did well in school and she all. has all
1: these awards in her room and yeah she
0: read a bunch of nancy drew novels she loves nancy <laughs> drew
1: um and there's a, a part where she basically writes like this whole explosive expose yeah. and puts it in the mailbox to send it to the washington post and she's in like this carmen san diego outfit <laughs> where she's trying to be like incognito but she's so obviously a spy like she's got a, a hat and sunglasses on and then oh, a trench coat yeah. yeah and then her friend across the street is like hey yo, oh, yo!" Yeah. <laughs> uh and then she gets kidnapped by the organization um fontaine and slick charles basically realize like their lives have no meaning like it's it does it's not worth it to go through the motions if yeah if it's all it fake yeah so then they decide to go and rescue yo-yo and they destroy the lab they release all of the clones um if I, uh, slick charles kills nixon yeah kiefer sutherland, kiefer, yeah. Kiefer sutherland.
0: slick charles used one of his clones as a decoy mm-hmm. basically you can move your mic a little away
1: yeah, that's good cool um During the uh, raid of the laboratory, then um, Fontaine uh, basically fakes his death to get into the lab. Uh, He's walking around. He's confronted by Chester. They fight. Chester beats him up. And then he doesn't kill him. He takes him to the boss's office. And then you see that it's the original... Fontaine.
0: Also played by John, John Boyle yeah. in like makeup and like he's an old man. Yeah. Um
1: and that's when you get like the big expo- backstory. exposition dump. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So like you throughout the movie you know that Fontaine had a younger brother mm-hmm. who got killed yeah. by the police. Mhm. Um and then in this exposition dump you find out that the brother was real. Mm-hmm. And that original Fontaine placed that memory into the clones, um, and that he he so he he's the the head Genesis.
1: Yeah, of, he's in he's in charge of the yeah. clones.
0: Um And the reason he's helping them is because his brother got shot by the police, and he's like, "That can't happen anymore. The only way to do this is." to
1: if there there were well, no
0: black children or black people if we
1: were all one race then there's no one to discriminate against yeah yeah
0: um and it's 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 like he john boyega does a great job like he, he does this well mm-hmm the scene is the two of them talking and then Chester is off to the side. So the scene is just three John Boyega. So I'm sure they shot the scene a million
1: times.
0: (laughs) Uh, and then John Boyega uses the, uh, hypnosis, uh, code word, the sleeper agent, sleeper agent word to control Chester to kill the original old man Fontaine. Yeah. Um, And then the trio basically decide to go around to other cities where they have more of these operations happening.
1: Yeah, they um, specifically mentioned like other predominantly black areas like Detroit, uh, L.A., Chicago. Chicago. Uh, I think they say Nashville, maybe. Atlanta, maybe. Yeah, they're like, we're going to travel around like we've we've done this before. Let's go rescue other people. And then you get this end sequence.
0: Yeah, you get like you get a title card, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Or something. Like you get a credit or two, and then like a mid-credit scene mm-hmm. of like news in LA.
1: Well, so you no, get first
0: you get you get uh, yeah sorry yeah you get uh, John Boyega waking up in a different place, mm-hmm. and then you see him going about his day, and it's very similar to the 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 beginning of the movie yeah he is in la this time yeah and then it shows him watching tv at home with some friends and it's a uh, news
1: the news comes on
0: and it's about another clones were released and they show on the news john boyega as a clone and then one of the friends looks at the john boyega who we've just been watching Mm -hmm. and he goes yo tyrone that looks just like you
1: so that's the Tyrone that's that they the cloned. That's the
0: Tyrone they cloned.
1: Because <laughs> I was just like, yeah, his name is Fontaine. Like I didn't think about like, you know, that's not the name of the the movie. Yeah. And then you see that at the end, and it was just like, yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's That's fun. <laughs> um, there. So some some notable stuff. Uh, this doesn't take place in a specific time period or it it, it technically takes place in mo- in our current time yeah but the um the costumes
0: the, are like very specific
1: the styling yeah um jamie Foxx specifically his character is like the most 70s or yeah. just like what you think a pimp looks like <laughs> um and then with yo-yo there's more like 90s early 2000s kind of styling that they were going for she she some 80s yeah Yeah. there is um I've watched a decent amount of behind the scenes stuff and she was saying that they were mostly going for early 2000s for her oh really uh yeah um John Boyega is just kind of like in a hoodie yeah um but
0: they all have called like themed colors yeah um John Boyega's green, Yo mm-hmm. Yo's yellow, yeah. Slick Charles is red.
1: Red. Yeah, like yeah. maroon. Mm-hmm. Um, they all have like different phones. Um, like Slick Charles has a flip phone, and Yo Yo, I, I know she pulls out her phone at one point, but like, yeah. it's in a weird time period where like you. There's enough mix of everything going on that it. It doesn't really, matter um a lot of that was very intentional of like the director saying that he wanted it to be like this place was forgotten by time like very intentionally by the organization um and then a lot of the 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 styling of the research facility he was saying was like if uh MK Ultra just never stopped <laughs> which yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we like, paused it for a second when we were watching it um, towards the very beginning, and we were like, this has got a, a lot going on. Yeah. I can't quite tell when this is taking place. And then by the end, I was like, yeah.
0: It just, it does. It does.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, we haven't mentioned, there's there's one character in this. It's a kid.
1: Oh, yes. Um, His name... Is June Bug? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He's
0: just like some kid in the neighborhood that seems to like help Fontaine out basically ratting on people. Yeah. Uh but they have a good relationship where basically it's a little brother. Right? Mm-hmm.
1: Um He talks to him about SpongeBob.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then he he, he he the kid calls uh Fontaine, he's like, I yeah, man. You, you're a squidward Mm -hmm. and fontaine looks over like upset Mm -hmm. he's like i'm not squidward (laughs) the kid is like so you do watch spongebob (laughs) it's very good yeah like it it sort of seems like the kid kind of helps uh fontaine like get back out of the giving up on life a little bit well
1: there's a there's a specific so he decides like i'm out like i don't want to be a part of this anymore and then yo-yo is like come on let's keep going like she she's trying to get him to to keep investigating and he's saying like this is all fake i am i am what they made me um there's nothing here that's worth protecting and preserving and then later on he see he meets up with june bug again who just has his capri son and is talking about spongebob and he's like yeah okay
0: so i think yeah he he gets to junebug because he's at home Mm -hmm. throughout the movie he is at home and he makes a sandwich for his his mom and he knocks on her door and he's like mom do you want any food and every time she like gives an excuse like no she's busy or whatever yeah uh and so like he does that after
1: the door never opens door never never opens you just
0: hear through the door
1: i knew this was going to happen but the his reaction to yeah. it was still very good. And so, like,
0: all of this stuff happens, and he's like giving up, and he's like knocking on the door, and he's like, Mom, I really need you right now. Yeah. And like, she just isn't speaking or is like saying stuff that doesn't quite make sense. Yeah. So, eventually, he knocks the door down, and the room is completely empty except for a desk and like a telecom system that you would see in an old office. Yeah.
1: Uh, and it has pre recorded messages on yeah, it.
0: Yeah. And like, it, like, he says, basically he keeps saying to himself Mm -hmm. i really need you right now mom Mm -hmm. and it does the pre-recorded message again yeah and then he flips out gets angry
1: destroys the room
0: destroys the room and then he goes outside and then junebug is is there
1: yeah he's like oh fontaine is crying yeah and then junebug comes up and he's like are you crying? Yeah. He's like, there was an episode where SpongeBob and Patrick were really sad and they were crying a lot. And then he shared, they shared Capri Suns and it's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The actual conspiracy. There was a quote from variety that uh, says they clone Tyrone is a slow burn inner city, sci-fi nightmare thriller. One that plays off the spirit of conspiracy theory that has often thrived with justification within black culture. The discuses, The Tuskegee experiment was a conspiracy that happened. Its horrific impact on the hearts and minds of African Americans is beyond measure. In the 1970s, the belief that the CIA, linked by the war in Vietnam to the Golden Triangle, the source of most of the world's heroin, was dumping drugs into America's inner cities was a notion that gained currency, culminating a decade later in the theory that the CIA was the hidden force behind the crack epidemic we're white people. We obviously can't like what? Yeah. <laughs> we obviously can't relate to this on like a personal level, but like there's, there's a lot here that is the conspiracy theory element being, being closely tied to being black in America. A hundred percent makes sense for this movie. Uh, and I feel like they, they talk about it in like a very direct way that is may, It sucks to say this, but it's, stays very entertaining the entire time or it like it all fits within the vibe of the movie and i feel like it handles everything very well yeah it does yeah
0: if you like the show atlanta yeah you would like this movie especially like the the last two seasons of atlanta which i know people weren't as into i loved yeah the last two seasons of atlanta um It was very, like, some of it was very Twilight Mm Zone-esque, and this is also a very Twilight Zone-esque.
1: I saw this movie get compared a lot to Sorry to Bother You, um, Uh, which I still haven't seen.
0: I liked this more than uh, Sorry to Bother You.
1: I know enough about it to know that the ending really lost people in that movie. Yep. And the ending of this didn't lose me. No. Reviews did not like it. Really? Really? We'll get there in a second. Yeah. Um, it's my next bullet point. But um, There's just a fun bit that I liked is uh, the humor that stays throughout the movie of, like, these three characters all relating to each other. Uh, Yo-Yo and Slick Charles specifically are, are like, kind of – they kind of go back and forth between being the comic relief. Yeah. Uh, and there's a scene where they're, like – they know – they find another elevator in a church. Um so they go They go down the elevator and they, like, they know what they're about to find this time. And the first time they were really freaked out, like, they all pulled their guns out and they were just, like, nervous at each other. And then this one is um, Slick Charles just starts singing and then uh, Yo-Yo joins in. So it's just the camera stays on Fontaine as he's just listening to them behind him and he's just so confused <laughs> but not doing anything about it um and that scene i was like that's gotta be like how did that must have just been a random take mm-hmm. and then they did that but that scene was written into the script and then jamie fox just did a different song each time <laughs> yeah i thought that was fun <laughs> um
0: because like also like it's a pretty serious movie oh yeah that's but like the comedic elements are really good and never takes you out of like what's happening. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. The pacing for the most part.
1: Yes. I think it's good. Um, The ending, Mm -hmm. the, yeah, they, they raid the place. Uh, It's shown that it isn't just specific to this location. They're gonna like, there's an implied continuation Um, reviews that I read. I didn't, pick out a specific quote uh but reviews i read said that the ending can't really live up to the weight that the rest of the plot puts on it they're saying like the initial premise is so much that there's no way that you could end it in a satisfying way and i disagree
0: i mean i understand what they're saying and i can see how how Fontaine killed OG Fontaine is dis- is not satisfying. Mm-hmm. I One of my small complaints is about that scene mm. of just like, you would think that it's not just anyone who says the sleeper agent code word.
1: Oh, but it's like them. Yeah.
0: It's like them specifically. Or that it
1: wouldn't work if clone said it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like, you'd think that there would be something. So like I was a little like, it feels a little cop out y that mm-hmm. part, but it wasn't big enough for me to be like this ruins the ending of the movie. Yeah. And then them showing that they're going around
1: them actually showing Tyrone.
0: Tyrone yeah. and then they're showing like just like freeing other cities of this terrible thing too. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's no, that's a good Yeah. Happy ending of like it's still kind of up in the air, but like you sort of know
1: mm-hmm. that everything's resolved. Yeah. Uh it's optimistic optimistic isn't quite the right word for like the tone of the rest of the movie but it's it's yeah good happy uplifting note um yeah the the code word thing didn't like if i'm thinking about like the lore of a universe for sure probably would have bothered me a little bit and and like they probably should have put in some sort of safety switch genetically or whatever and would have done that
0: or like at least like the The clones wouldn't harm the head the lead genesis yeah right um geneticist Geneticist.
1: bad guy guy. Uh, (laughs) um that didn't bother me that much just because the the overall message of the movie is like the community works together to overthrow the the bigger force so like the the power of numbers thing. Um, Like just doing, just doing one thing of like standing up to an authority goes a long way. Um, I also think that like, this is a pretty cathartic message um, of like it. Racism in America is pretty widespread and it's in a lot of wild places, a shocking statement. Um, So then like, The the whole idea of, like, yeah, it is a conspiracy, and it's everywhere, and it's intentionally out to get you. And then having the bad guys die in the end, great message. (laughs) Um, Did you want to talk about any other tiny complaints that you had before we get to production facts? Uh,
0: The other one was just, like, the beginning of the movie I didn't think was, I don't know. It didn't, the beginning didn't draw me in. Mm Mm-hmm. But probably if I had seen the trailer, then that would have been enough. Hmm. But having not seen the trailer and just watching up until he gets shot for the first time, Mm -hmm. I was just like, I don't fully care.
1: Yeah. Um, It didn't. it It was very based in realism. It didn't really sprinkle in something's wrong, except for a shot that is in the trailer of... Um, I think it... Well, maybe it's after he gets shot, but there's a part where Fontaine is at the convenience store and he looks down the street and there's a guy walking down the street shot in the chest. That's after he gets shot. That's after, okay. Because that I
0: liked. Yeah. That, if it had been before he got shot, Mm -hmm. I think probably would have been enough for me to be like,
1: whoo. Yeah. Um, That guy who gets shot, then you you don't like actually see him get picked up but you're watching fontaine's face as he watches yeah. a big black car pull up you hear the guy screaming and then they put him in in the car and go away yeah. um it this is a movie that we we talked about afterwards of, like i want to go back and rewatch it and see the stuff that i missed yeah i wonder if that cuz i was like i, I they certainly really focus on that car because Yo-Yo is like, mm-hmm. I saw I saw the car drive away. Well,
0: I assume the guy was John Boyega.
1: Oh, that the guy that was walking down the street, yeah. probably. The I was sounded in... like him. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, but I, I was wondering if like if we go back and watch it, does that car show up more in the background of like the oh, the yeah. regular everyday bits?
0: Yeah, I feel like for viewers of the podcast, the theme of rewatching is going to be very prevalent mm. in some upcoming episodes because we've been watching new movies mm-hmm. that one i felt like i needed a rewatch, but i didn't want to <laughs> some others i'm like i wanted i want to rewatch this yes
1: um i think that's maybe we should actually make a criteria for what makes a 2023 movie. And I think rewatchability is part of that because that's the thing we've definitely talked about before with like Renfield and uh, the the We Have a Ghost and other stuff of like, you can put something on in the background and it's like that right balance between entertaining and like, I don't fully need to pay attention to this to know what's going on. Uh, Which isn't like the sign of a great movie, but a rewatchable one. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But yeah, I think that's pretty much... The, the two little complaints I had mm-hmm. were just the code word at the end or the sleeper agent word at the end mm-hmm. and the beginning was not quite enough for me
1: yeah the only thing that I could think of immediately after watching the movie was like whenever it's just like and here's the one woman that we're gonna f- focus on it always makes me go like meh but um, I don't know if this movie necessarily passes the Bechdel test but there's like There's a lot of other women that are in this movie, and also the movie specifically says this is how this like organization views women. I thought there was enough like commentary on everything else going on that I was like, cool, yeah, give it a pass. (laughs) (laughs) And also, Yo-Yo is great. (laughs) I liked watching her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Production facts. Production facts. Great. It was released July twenty-first, twenty twenty-three by and on netflix uh it premiered at the american black film festival june 14th 2023 and it had a limited limited theatrical run july 14th 2023 um and then there were some tweets from the dr- director barry jenkins who did uh moonlight um saying that it, I, was,
0: I was gonna say like not, not the director of this film no yeah
1: a different director barry jenkins um uh, who was just tweeting about the movie and saying it's just sitting there on netflix getting a fraction of the followers it deserves because the release date conflicted with barbenheimer
0: Uh, yeah that's rough yeah i agree that
1: in general it's still just sitting there probably getting a fraction of the followers it deserves
0: if you haven't watched this movie and you're still listening at this point in the podcast seriously go watch this movie like it
1: like I know, we just gave away what happens, but there's so many. There's so much there's that we so haven't much touched on,
0: and like it's just like the way it's told, the way it's shown, the cinematography, which we haven't even talked about, is beautiful. The like,
1: dialogue is great. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's
0: just it really is a great movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be another hidden yeah. movie of 2023. Yeah. That people are just like, what is that?
1: And it shouldn't be.
0: No, like it should it should have gotten more recognition for mm-hmm. sure.
1: Um. It's got a two-hour and two-minute runtime, and it's rated R. Um, It has a 95% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes with a 100% audience score. Yeah,
0: see, go watch this movie. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's got a 74 out of 100 from Metacritic. I think that's from, like, 27 critic reviews or something. And then a B-plus grade from IndieWire. Um, There is a three-star Roger Ebert review, which I was like, that's lower than it should be. But it said uh, this plot saying it wouldn't work out or it wouldn't work without a trio as talented as Boyega, Paris, and Fox to deliver it. Each performer brings a different necessary rhythm to the film. Boyega is the stoic, grief-ridden hero. Paris balances his low energy with her high octane fearlessness. Fox is more mostly comic relief, but never steals focus. And their very different registers blend with excellent com- comic chemistry as these three unlikely heroes discover that all the conspiracy theories you've ever heard were just the tip of the iceberg. Some of the film's best moments are simply thanks to how expertly Boyega, Fox, and Harris work together. Yeah, I mean, I... I can't picture... We were talking about this recently, just ourselves, of, like, how different would a movie be with... Or we were specifically saying how different would Barbie be if Margot Robbie wasn't Barbie? Mm -hmm. And, like, the differences of, like, how those characters are portrayed based on the actor. Obviously not a new concept, but, like, I can't... I, I feel like this does really work the best with these three people in mind in it
0: yeah i mean i we talked about it and it looks like you have it in your notes um but i know uh mm. don boyega's character originally they were looking to get brian tyree henry mm-hmm. who i could see yes i could see in this film Mm-hmm. i
1: i would be happy either way
0: <laughs> yeah i'm I, but like that they went with john boyega i am happy just as a star wars fan because mm-hmm. star wars screwed him over yeah and he is a really good actor yeah so i'm glad that he is getting work um mm-hmm. but also he gave a great performance I'm glad so.
1: that he's getting work and stuff that like shows him or like shows his abilities
0: yeah 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 um was it a success how who knows?
1: yeah, exactly. It allegedly had a budget of forty five million dollars um I saw had for everything, yeah, I saw numbers that were anywhere between thirty to fifty million, yeah, so I can't verify which one specifically it was. There was one site that was like this had a budget of $47.5 million. So I was like, that's specific. That must be true. And then it gave a completely different plot summary of the movie. And I was like, Oh, well, Hmm. <laughs> so not sure. Yeah. Uh, box office. Uh, I know it's said it had a limited theatrical run. I don't know if it made anything from that. It's a Netflix movie. So we have no follow up information on yeah. its success or anything like that, which is fun and cool. <laughs> uh, A production timeline, though, in 2019, development began after the screenplay was optioned from the blacklist of popular but unproduced scripts. February 2019, Brian Tyree Henry is in negotiations to star... Uh, October 2019, John Boyega replaces him. It was due to schedule conflicts, apparently. I would
0: assume so. Yeah. Tyree Henry was busy the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh,
1: September of 2020, Jamie Foxx and Tiana Paris joined the cast. And then November of 2020, principal photography begins in Atlanta, Georgia. April 2021, filming is wrapped. I uh, it's wow, sad for a while. Pretty big jump between October 2019 and September 2020 of yeah. other people joining the cast. And I, it was big enough that I was like looking and double checking the dates and everything and as far as I know that's true um yeah I don't know much about like this uh so it was directed by Joel Taylor this is his feature debut uh he also co-wrote and produced the film I don't know specifically how he got it in front of eyes uh because I watched a bunch of interviews that he was doing where he was like yeah I didn't really consider filmmaking until I was in art school, and I was a bad art student, and then we did one project where we did we made a, a film, and I was like, I made a good film. <laughs> so it doesn't seem like he's a nepo baby or anything that I could tell. It's like he just he and his co-writer, uh, whose name is Tony something, uh, Tony Renton um, It seems like they just cranked out a script every couple of months and put it out into festivals and markets and right. it worked um he <laughs> joel taylor also listed they live groundhog day it follows and napoleon dynamite as influences on this film so funny to put it follows and napoleon dynamite in any category yeah. together um he also said in an interview this film is like if the truman Tro drink a bottle of vodka i was like yeah yeah <laughs> um he also thought that the film was too ambitious to pitch to people with himself attached That's as a the director biggest
0: surprise is that he was able to
1: yeah he was like when he was talking about that process of them um also the one benefit of covering a netflix movie they do so much behind the scenes promo so researching this was great yeah. um but in one of those videos he was talking about like when they were out there just submitting scripts to everything and doing like setting deadlines for themselves basically um that he was like this was the idea that he had for a while where he was like i would love to do this but realistically maybe i could sell it to someone like that was the only version that he could picture that it it would ever get made um so good job (laughs) glad he got it done um destroying the lab at the end of the movie with they only had the one take to do it <laughs> Wow! because they didn't want to reset everything and also like the you do the you cheat stuff with cgi and whatever but it's also a pretty big set to
0: mm-hmm.
1: have to then reset everything so they just did it he said they just they really blocked stuff got people hyped up and then he was like the they cut the music and then he went action and then they just went wild <laughs> like just tried to maintain the momentum and the energy of everyone wow. so that like they knew what they were doing but then they also weren't being like robotic about it yeah. and it felt realistic um jamie fox was hop- hospitalized from his various health issues that he had last year just before the film promotion began so he wasn't part of the press tour mm-hmm. um which he is the the John Bega is obviously a big name, but no, Jamie Foxx Jamie Fox is the biggest name that's attached to this movie, yeah. so that could have been part of why it was under the radar a little bit, is he wasn't able to help promote it. Yeah. Um The Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh there's uh one of those videos behind the streams. Um so there's the posters of the missing woman, and then you see her abduction play out throughout the the movie. Um, So in that intro, then you see a woman, just like an extra, basically, or like she's just there, um, pull up, says hi to someone, like walks inside the store. And then later on, you see her missing poster. And then you see her in the underground facility. And then you see her reuniting with her family at the end with the news coverage. Mm -hmm. So like, you watch how that play out, um, which is one that we both noticed while yeah. we were watching the movie. Um there are some references to specific Black Exploitation films, uh with uh Fontaine buys Anaconda Liquor, which is from Black Dynamite, um, which he uh Joel Taylor got permission to use and he was very excited about. Yeah. Um and then Jamie fox's jacket is a homage to Ron O'Neill's character in Superfly. Um, Erika Badu re-recorded her 1997 song Tyrone for the film and changed the lyrics to fit yeah. the story better. Um, so there's like a specific one where she says, every time you come around, you got a clone Jim James Paul and Tyrone instead of you got a call. She did basically the whole song. It's the end credit song. The one that I was most excited about <laughs> was, uh, there's a hidden Morse code message that's in the scene when they're chased by the crowd. Um, so they did. The like there's always that conspiracy theory of like the suboral frequencies of like there's there's something that's just underneath the level of human ears that we can hear and that's that influences people. Mm-hmm. So they did that. <laughs> and um they included Morse code instructions that like you can you can pinpoint like the Morse code beat telling them like telling the crowd to go chase these people and, like, telling them to stop and surround the car. And then Kiefer Sutherland happens, and then they're driving away, and um, his car is playing music, and the beat says, carry on, and then it releases everyone.
0: Weird. Like, that's really cool. So cool. <laughs> that's a lot of thought. Into yeah. That.
1: Yeah. <laughs> huh? Which, like, never would have noticed Mm-mm. if he didn't point that out. So... I appreciate the detail that's in this movie. Yeah. Anything Um, else? Oh, yes.
0: (laughs) So I have a new segment, uh, because I found some terrible trivia (laughs) on IMDb. So this is my new segment that I'm calling...
1: Terrible trivia?
0: (laughs) (laughs) IMD-worst.
1: That is better than alliteration, actually.
0: Um. So someone put this trivia on IMDb for the Clone Tyrone, and it says, "This film, talking about the Clone Tyrone, mm-hmm. and the Goonies, 1985, share some similar plot points."
1: <laughs> if you think about it,
0: as follows, and then the first one says, "Both films center on a group of people."
1: Coincidence.
0: In the Goonies, it's a group of friends called the Goonies. <laughs> In this film, it's a trio of morally great people who, to survive, uh, they work on savory occupations. In both films, the neighborhoods where the main characters live have nicknames that start with a G. <laughs> in The Goonies, the characters live in the Good Ducks area of Astoria. And in this film, they live in a, a neighborhood called The Glen. Both films show the main characters dealing with neighborhood issues. <laughs> Both films enjoy, or sorry, involve the group going on a misadventure due to trying to resolve an issue, <laughs> and due to opportunity. This is, I'm not, I'm not stripping this down. That is just what that says. It just described a
1: conflict conflict. <laughs> like,
0: both films show one of the main characters being taken hostage at one point. Pretty exciting. Right? <laughs> both films end with the mys- mysteries being exposed by the press. And then, like, there is a lot more, like, video viewers, you can see all of this text. Like, it it goes into, like, breaking down specific things from the movies. But it is just, like... No. Who... Yeah, that's not trivia. (laughs) It is not trivia.
1: I really hope that this person is just on a quest to be like, Did you know that Heat is just like The Goonies?
0: Did you know that if you strip down a movie's basic premise and plot and conflict... It is it is likely to share another movie that you have taken and stripped its basic premise and conflict.
1: And that movie is always The Goonies. The Goonies.
0: <laughs> so that's my segment that I'm calling I Am The Worst.
1: Love this conspiracy theory that every movie is The Goonies.
0: <laughs> Cinema peaked with The Goonies. Yep.
1: We've been saying it for years.
0: Uh, so other than that, I've got nothing... So I think we're on to our rating yep. for this movie. I'm changing mine. Um, zero out of four is, oh no. Oh oh no. Why have you made a movie?
1: It's like Snape underwater.
0: I'm making movies. <laughs> One out of four is, that was a movie. Mm-hmm. Two out of four is, that's a well-made movie. Three is enjoyable and kind of technically good. And Four is like Oscar worthy. Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: Wow. Wow. Wow.
0: Wowza! Voila! Ouchie!
1: <laughs> ouchy It's so good it hurts. Ooh! <laughs>
0: um, I gave it a three out of four originally. Mm-hmm. I I'm moving it up to a four.
1: Yeah. I didn't want us to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Our first fight. <laughs> I
0: also gave it a four. Yeah. Yeah. I think just talking about it and thinking about it more. The, the, my two little
1: complaints aren't enough to... If you put Morse code into your yeah, movie... that's... That's cool, dude. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> yep. Maybe the Morse code worked on me. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> I know, you seem. I'm, I'm on board. <laughs> I will carry on. <laughs>
0: well, I think that's about it for they clone Tyrone. Mm-hmm. But we always talk about another movie that we've watched recently that isn't from twenty twenty
1: three.
0: We haven't watched anything together. We've been <laughs> so busy. Yeah. Um, but last night I watched for the first time, which I know, film guy who hasn't seen classic movies. Yeah. But I watched The Godfather Part Two.
1: Mm-hmm. It was fine. I haven't seen it either. It was, it was
0: whatever. Yeah. Nah, it was good. Yeah. It was a quality movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've heard. It's not really much I really want to say about it. Just saw it? Liked it? Saw it. I liked it. Really excited for
1: the third one. <laughs> What's going to happen next? <laughs> Did you know that that movie also starts with a G? Just like the Goonies. The goonies.
0: <laughs> and each one involves a brother and a brother relationship
1: each one they also find a pirate ship and someone says hey you guys
0: yeah it's my favorite part when marlon brando
1: (laughs) (laughs) says to his sons
0: hey you guys (laughs) (laughs) we have to find the treasure
1: (laughs) each time each time an orange appears in the Goonies, someone is about to die.
0: <laughs> and in The Godfather, uh, two characters have uh, facial deformities.
1: <laughs> that one's just in The Godfather, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Godfather Part 2 is good. Yeah. Have you watched a movie? Uh not really. I've still just been watching yeah. through uh Star Trek Odyssey from Dimension Twenty, so it feels like a movie, but it's not That's fair. Yeah. So Nope.
0: Well, I think that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it then. Mm-hmm. Um we we joked about me doing Marlon Brando voice for the entire episode. Yeah. So if you want to see that episode uh, subscribe to our patreon right
1: we're gonna record that right after this yep have uh, the exact same conversation it's gonna
0: be a bonus episode um, <laughs> leave comments questions um Inst- instagram youtube and patreon are the best places to do those yeah we will respond to them on our other podcast the uh, virtual house sessions mm-hmm. it's a monthly podcast it's good it's funny uh, yeah i enjoy doing that one i agree um but
1: bryce is there for that bryce one bryce
0: and sean are are there We're
1: both there yeah. bryce will come back to these we just are very busy
0: right now and so bryce wasn't able to make it out
1: our schedules are not aligned yeah yeah
0: but yeah i think that's pretty much it so we will see you next week
1: bye